Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We're going to start the Bobby Orr, behind the left of Sanderson, Orr! Bobby Orr! Orr from the Boston Bulls! 30 seconds left in the period, the Bruins are shorthanded. Ray Bork. We are live and uh, doing a little bonus podcast, uh, live stream, more or less. It's a roundtable type of discussion. We have a bunch of people in, in the uh, in viewing already, which is really cool. I have a very special guest that's joining me tonight, but we're also accepting other people, folks. So if you want to get in, hit me up on Twitter. If you're a writer, you're a podcaster, or a passionate fan that can be respectful and have a decent conversation about what's going on in the state of the Boston Bruins right now, uh, you're welcome to join us. But for, before we get to my special guest, I do want to mention that we have a Patreon campaign going on, and I got to tee up this banner right now for the information but for one dollar per episode on our black and gold hockey podcast if you just and we do four a month so it's a small investment of four dollars at the most maybe six who knows but we give away a jersey every month i have jerseys until uh, i think june uh january 2022 hand-signed Charlie Coyle jersey just for a dollar. You can get in on this. And we do weekly giveaways every week on the, episode, on the podcast. 
So one Bruins related item per week, one Jersey giveaway per month. So hop in on that. And um, we certainly appreciate the help and financial. And it's, it's just amazing on how many people have done it. I think we're up to 50 Patreon members right now. We do really good. So we do so good that we just turn everything over. We use half the profits and buy more free stuff for you people, the awesome financial supporters. But with that being said, you know, it's um, it's like I said, a roundtable discussion. So uh, I am going to uh, welcome in my uh, guest uh, in the comments. Hello, Facebook user live from Ontario. Appreciate you coming in. But uh, my guest today is uh, is a longtime Twitter follower and, and real supporter of our Black and Gold Productions uh, sports media company is Mr. Steve McEachern. So I'm going to welcome him in right now. Good afternoon, hey, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Very good. Thank you. And th- thank you for uh, your time, uh, no your problem. support, and uh, and just being a, a, a good human uh, in Bruins Nation and, and looking pretty calm right now. But we will talk <laughs> about how everything is going to be uh, it panning out sooner or later. So like I said, this is a, a roundtable discussion. So there's no agenda. We're just... We're just on the fly having a couple of chat. And, and, and obviously, after yesterday's uh, New Jersey loss, I got a couple of drinks. So there we go. Um, so let's get into it. Is, it. is it time to panic? Well, I'm not going to say panic, but something has to be done. I mean, they can't continue like this. I mean, we're, we're barely beating. Being Buffalo, we're you know not scoring at all against against New Jersey, who's very low in the in the standings. I mean, I can't. What? How are we going to play against Washington? How are we going to play against you know anybody anybody outside the division right now? I think I don't think there's a high compete level, and I think they they got to do something. I totally agree. Um, we have a question in the uh, in the chat. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Steve. Uh, if we live in Ontario, can we get on the Jersey draws and other Bruins items? Absolutely. I shipped to uh, Sterling, Ontario, not too long ago, and it was uh, actually not that much money. It was a little extra, but it wasn't so bad. But yes, we will ship to Canada. Sassy Blonde in the house, what's up? Thank you for stopping in the stream. Mike Dalby, always a pleasure to see you, sir. Yeah, it's 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 a tough one. It's like we can't beat this metro New York area, and it's uh, it's almost like every time the train pulls in, the bus or the plane, whatever they they're they're you know using at that particular time, it's like the kryptonite just comes out of the earth and and just like cock blocks them big time on yeah. trying to beat this freaking team, uh, these teams. Sorry, um, and but it seems like that we're always. But there's a huge trend of this, though, Steve. I know you've mm-hmm. seen this, that the, the Boston Bruins tend to play down to certain teams um, mm-hmm. and think it's a cakewalk. And I don't believe it's like a cakewalk anywhere. I believe any team can be a spoiler. Um, and, and especially in a 56-game condensed season where you don't have travel, you don't have the opportunity to go outside of your um, your division and – get a game there while having somebody that's trailing behind you in that division uh, lose a game out West, which it doesn't really matter because it's a non-divisional game. But these points are so premium right now. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that the Boston Bruins understand what they're having or I, I don't know. It's just one of those things that I got to get caught up on. It is the times it's very different. Um, but still it's like, you guys are there for a job. You got to do a job and, 
And um, I'm, I'm not ready to close the window on this, on this core. No, no, no. I core, especially they've gotten better with age, if that's possible. You know what I mean? Like Bergeron scoring more points than he ever has. Uh, Pasternak's getting great, but uh, uh, Marshawn is, has improved the most of anybody. I mean, coming out of junior, I would have expected him to be maybe, maybe, you know, 50, 60 point guy, but he's getting, you know, he's getting a hundred, you know, I mean, that's, that's pretty good for, for a guy, you know, that's, that's pretty small in stature and, you know, He's he, he wasn't expected to you know he was a third round pick so I mean that's you know that's that's quite an accomplishment for him as well. I don't know. We got New Jersey again coming up tomorrow night, which we're doing a live stream uh, with the boys from the Dump and Change Hockey Podcast. Nick and Jared, those guys are awesome. Love them. Um, so <laughs> I I really hope I really hope tomorrow night that they pull together a win because I I don't want to hear Jared and Nick melt down absolutely because <laughs> we'll be live streaming the game tomorrow. So I, I don't want to see. I don't want to hear the meltdown. But um, you know, I just really think that it, something's got to happen. We got to get into mm-hmm. a, into. A, I mean, we're in the playoffs right now. All right. Mm-hmm. So I'm not ready to die. Yet. No, no, no. Once we get lower, I mean, once we're like in Sabers land of of the division and the conference and how everything's going to lay out for the playoffs, I'd be a little more concerned. Um, mm-hmm. And at that point. At that point, I'd be like, you know what? It's a toss now. Don't don't trade assets now to to mm-hmm. do something that you're not gonna see happen. You know, yeah. you're definitely out of the playoff picture. You're definitely out of the of a cup picture right now, in my opinion. And I don't. I honestly don't believe that this team can honestly go out with the flat cap that's going on, um, with the money that they do have right now, and and make a deal for something that's not gonna happen. And I don't want rentals. No, and well, I mean, and you look at the the there's people are saying that they should go to Nashville and try to get, you know, uh, Ekbom and 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 uh, Forsberg, but I mean that's going to take a lot, and that's going to deplete the cupboards. So we're going to nothing left if we go for those guys. That's basically like you know a, a go for it now type of type of deal, and I don't know if we're ready for that. Yes, I I, I totally agree. Um, we need to make a deal that covers both areas. It covers the. You, you don't deplete what you have for the future, but you're addressing the now, you know, mm-hmm. um, anything involves Sidnika. I'm sorry. If people don't see, no. if people don't see anything good out of Jack Sidnika right now, it's because they're goddamn impatient. And I'm sorry for using <laughs> that. They are so impatient. You do not give up on a kid like this, a center that's, no. I mean, the Boston Bruins are known for breeding centers. This is what they're doing right now with one of them. They might not have a lot in the prospect pool, but this certain one is one you don't give up on, in my opinion. No. If you can no, move he's, he's other sweet. assets for other players, that's fine. But don't deplete your prospect pool and your future. No, no, not at all. And I mean, it, we're, we're pretty deep in centers as far as that goes, I think, too. Like, there's, I mean, I don't know how many of those I would touch, obviously, because you want to develop players, but if a deal needs to be made, some of those prospect centers might be really enticing to people, especially with, with the ones we've got that have already seen ice time. So, and I mean, you know, because was playing went to his natural position the other night and he looked pretty good. So, you know, I, I obviously I don't want to get rid of him, but I mean, we have, you know, as I can see on the list here, we have like five or six centers just in the minors just sitting there and that are, are NHL capable. So, I mean, if that's, if that needs to be part of the deal, I mean, obviously don't get rid of everybody and don't clean the cupboards, but, you know, there might be a few guys in there that, that could probably f- fit well for a deal. 
I, I would have to agree with that. And I understand you do have to give up to get something too, you know, but there's mm-hmm. more or less, it's like, I think that, that Don Sweeney, Boston Bruins general manager is, is a realist. You know, he knows that the value of prospects in, in the future. And I hope that at this type of point, I know he's been like this since he been, he's been in Boston, very tight gripped on a lot of the players and so on. He made some bad decisions on, on selecting a few in which we get, but people make mistakes I'm not going to I'm not going to, ha- you know, hamper the guy because, you know, might have failed on one draft pick on one draft mm-hmm. or, or a couple. You mm-hmm. know, it's 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 a it's a gamble to me. I'm at the point right now that I think that this is a time he does something stupid. He's been holding on to this for so long that blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. He's getting screwed, uh, criticized and this and that. I'm just thinking that he's a cat in the freaking in the corner. The job might be on the line. This might be his last yeah. year, you know. I mean, there's so many avenues of thinking about what's going on that he might yeah. pull a trigger on something that might not fit well with 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 some fans. And I believe that ownership, the Jacobs ownership, I don't know if they'd be on board with something like that, or they would to shake things up. But I could absolutely see. Don Sweeney being pushed to trade one of the core members. I'm not sure who. There's a lot of trade protection that's going on. Um, so I don't know if, they, if it is it, it reality to work. But the way that things are, are being panned out, players are being called out, leadership's being called out. To me, and, and that's I don't think that's right, but something's got to, you know, the kick in the ass has to happen now. It had to happen yesterday. You know, but something's going on. I, I don't know. And I don't see him. If they don't make the playoffs, I don't I don't see them working out. No. Um, I, when he's going to make these deals, I hope he, he's going to really address, you know, like the, the glaring needs. I mean, I'd say a glaring need is probably some kind of a veteran defenseman, maybe not like a really old guy. But I'm just saying, you know, I guess we got rid of an, a veteran defenseman, if, to be honest. But that's kind of what I'm looking for. Obviously, the, every year we say the same thing for Kreji. I mean, that's how many times have we heard that? That's the old broken record going around now, and and there's probably some available. Um, but uh, you know, as far as like center and, and goaltending, I think we're pretty solid. But yeah, I mean, like it's and it's another thing you just don't want to go out and just say, well, we'll just go out and make a deal to get a guy and 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 just to have him and and spend a lot of money. It's 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 more like you just want to you know you want to try as much as possible to bring the young guys up, but they need something. They, they there's something has to there has to be a motivating tool here just to to get everything going again because the scoring is just horrendous right now. Yeah, uh, the puck not going in and that the fact that this Boston Bruins team makes backup third string goaltenders look like Vizina Trophy winners. It, <laughs> it's blowing my mind. I, I don't want to see any goaltender with the last name Wood in it ever again. I swear to God, <laughs> I'll go out there and start hacking. I'll go out there with my my own yeah. little Ron Hextall freaking back scratcher and, you know, hack some ankles if I have to, you know? But yeah, something's got to be done. But this, yeah, oh, I mean, it's, the game that I'm seeing, and I know everybody's got a different opinion and so on, but the game I'm seeing is so north and south. It's very, very vanilla. It's like you get the puck, you skate it. I know that that's so cliche and so on, but they're just, it's a, it almost seems like they're getting the puck and they're going the wide angle and trying to work their way in that, that the defense is just not giving them up instead of going f- 
right through them. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I just see him working way too hard for something that could be so simple. And, and I understand that I'm not a professional. I was a 30 year beer leaguer, uh, <laughs> overweight goaltender that did okay, but, uh, you know, never made it any further than that. So I, I mean, but still with fans, this is a fan discussion and, you know, it's just, it's so tough to see that this, this team and the core that was, was so good back then is just at dire straits right now. Well, and I mean, if you think about it and as much as I hate to see it done, I mean, could this be the right time to get rid of Kredgy? I mean, you, you probably are asset for him. I know he's got a big contract, but package him up with something and, and maybe try to get something in return. I don't know. I, I don't know if there's going to be a better time after this to trade him because it's, it's, he's getting up there in age, but at the same time, I don't really want to lose him either. And I, I'd like to see the, the, the main course stay together. But again, if it's like waiting for something, I mean, we've been to two finals since, since we won in 2011. And, and I mean, I don't, I, I, at this point, I'm fine making it to another one. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, the, the crazy talk is, is, was a big popular uh, topic today on the tweet machine. And uh, it's, 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 when you think about it, it's his last year, he's still, he's got trade protection. Um, and everybody's just, most of the people, in Bruins Nation are just like, you know, do it here, do it there, do it there. But it's like, you know, you don't know what the player's feeling. You don't know his actual, his list of, of teams that he's willing to go to and so on. And you don't know if the Bruins actually want to move him. I mean, um, I, I don't know. Me, personally, I think of it the other way. Think of it as the team that you're entertaining a trade for. It's flat cap season. Um Nobody's. I don't think anybody's like really interested in taking on an AAV. So many people believe that when you trade a player to another team, you're only trading for what's remaining on the season in dollar value. I don't believe that's true. I believe no. everything is AAV straight across. So if he gets traded, his AAV is technically $7 million even though that the Boston Bruins yeah. might be on the table for paying him four this year because his contract was heavier loaded to the front and minimal down at the bottom. That doesn't matter. That AAV stays flat right at the cross the top. So I don't yeah. get the whole thing that like, like one person, I'm not going to mention names. One person mentioned like, okay, trade Krejci and more to Buffalo to get Eichel. And I was like, what, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> It's like if you get more, you get three million off of <laughs> off of his contract. I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah, the armchair general managers, eh? That's that's you know that's a, that's a that's a thing. Again, I mean, I I feel like even though he takes a lot of criticism for the 2015 draft, some of the guys that have been drafted the last couple of years are very good players, like John Beecher, especially. Like I I can't wait to see him in the NHL. I mean, Curtis awesome. Hall, some of the guys, uh, Oscar Steen. We got a little taste of him. I mean, there there it, there's a lot to look forward to. There's just that gap we have to fill in between now and when everybody's ready. And I, I don't know. I, there's got to be something we can do to fill that gap for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I love, I'm a prospect guy. You know that. No, I know and, that. Um, you know, just seeing these players come up, seeing Oscar Steen coming up from 2000, the 2016, late 2016 draft and the way he's been playing. The Providence mm-hmm. team this year is a wagon. 
I mean, they are an absolute wagon, and it all starts in goal. Oh, believe yeah. it or not, I mean, Jeremy Swayman is doing absolutely oh, amazing. God, yeah. I mean, he had a he had a shitty game on Thursday because the team in front of him didn't show up. It was much like watching the Boston Bruins, and then them not them not showing up for a Rask or a Halak. Uh, Swayman went in there, got his first loss, which was tough. And uh, but if you look, I mean, Villar's been playing good. And then you get the complimentary yep. freaking goaltenders that are further down in the system because, you know, when Vlad, when Vladar goes up to the taxi squad or uh, on the bench, movement has to happen. So Kyle Kaiser comes in last weekend and he gets his first win. Now he's seven and seven with a three point something high goals against average in the East Coast Hockey League. But look how he played in front of a better structured defense. He freaking was uh-huh. unbelievable. So I'm not I'm not sold out on Kyle Kaiser. I still I do understand that he's got some he had some head problems last year with um uh, I, I'm sorry not head problems concussion issues and he yeah. had those the previous year in Oshawa his last his last year in the American uh, Ontario Hockey League he had two concussions that last year and still came out with like a 32 and eight record. He was unbelievable. But yeah. um, and also, <laughs> who knew that Callum Booth, the goaltender that was signed in the as a free agent to be the taxi squad goaltender or the third guy, uh, would be so good. He gets into his first action in the Boston Bruins organization, one game with the Providence Bruins, and and he was freaking unbelievable too. So goaltending is really good down in Providence. I, I'm I'm totally on board with what Bob Asenza and Mike Dunham are doing with this thing. And I honestly, I know I preach this a lot. I honestly think that if Mike Dunham came in a year before uh, Malcolm Subban got picked up by the, um, the Vegas golden Knights, if he, if Mike Dunham had time to work with Malcolm Subban, I think Malcolm would be a better player today. He might not be on the Boston Bruins, but he might, he might be a better NHLer. You know what I'm saying? Well, what I'm, I, I'm, I, you know, it used to be, I, I used to say, you know, the defense, I, I have no worries about the future of the defense. It's going to be great. And now I'm a little more worried than that and less worried about the goaltending because it seems to be, you know, down the, you know, from the bottom to, to the middle to, to where we are, we, we got some pretty solid goaltending right now. I know we got some pretty, you know, older guys up at the top here, but I, I, I'm not worried. I think Vladar will be able to step in within, you know, a year and a half and, and, and like you said, Swayman is, you know, he's, he's killing it down there. So, I mean, you know, I, I, that's one, that's one of things in the future. I'm not really worried about for sure. I do want to go back to, I, I actually, I want to just scroll up here and just say hello to all the folks that are in the chat. Um, Sassy blonde. Hello, Mike Dalby. Uh, Facebook user. Mike's got somebody else had a question here that I saw. Um, here it is, Paul Bannister. Paul, thank you for stopping into the stream. I really appreciate it. Hope you're still here. I do want to highlight this. Every time they shot against the Devils, it seemed to be on the outside of the point and from a poor angle on a goal on a goal mall scramble. They don't get inside the face-off circles and shoot unless it's at the at the blue line. They do seem redu- reluctant to pass the puck across the ice. Just my observation. No expert. No, but you're absolutely you're spot on, Paul. You're absolutely uh-huh. spot on right there because it almost seems like you ever see that basketball movie Hoosiers? Yep. 11 passes before that guy took a shot. 
<laughs> and every time I see the power play lately, that's exactly what I'm talking talking about. I'm, I'm like, oh my god, this is like Gene Hackman out there going, "You do not pass at nine. You do not pass at ten. You pass at 11. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, how many times, you know, and even in the game last night, did they pass up like empty nets at, at the hash marks? I mean, oh, you know, at some point they just just put it in, guys. I mean, you're. You're at an NHL level. You can put in the puck. I'm sure you do it in practice all the time. You know, just like shoot it, put it in. It's yeah. magic when it goes in. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, thoughts on uh, Cassidy calling out these some players and, and particularly the core and leadership? Oh, I, I was fine with that. I mean, you got to do that. And I mean, you think about it. He did that. And then they pretty much, I'm not going to say they played worse, but they still lost again. I mean, they, they need something. Uh, I, I, I don't want to blame it a lot of it on Marshawn being off the line, but when those three guys are together, it's more smooth and they get a lot more like good chances in, in front of the net. And you had, you know, Frederick up there for a bit. And I mean, he's, he's going to be a great player, but I think he needs more seasoning down on the lower lines, like third or no, I wouldn't say fourth, probably third line just until he gets able to, you know, to play with the big boys, you know, like, as they say, he, he's, he, he didn't look out of place and he looked good and he had some jump, but I'm, I'm not going to recommend they put him up there full time, especially, you know, when, when Brad's back for sure, but it's, you know, they, they have speed now, which is something for years we didn't have, and they just need to know how to harness it and, 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 and work on the shooting, I guess. I mean, like some, like you look at beyond our top line, there's like nobody with like more than like five goals basically. So, I mean, that's, that's not acceptable. That's not how you win anything. I particularly was very Matthew Smith. What's up, my friend? Uh, the high school. I, I'm sure the high school reunion is probably going to happen now because my buddy Matt came in. Oh, he brings up a good one. I'll I'll get back to the whole first line thing. Matt says, "How about counting a goal if it breaks the plane instead of being a hundred percent across?" Believe it, believe it or not, Matt, it was like that back in the day. It was uh-huh. if you if it was halfway over the red, it was still a goal. But now it has to go completely, and with all these different freaking camera angles now, in and the way the and the way the puck flutters and so on, it, it some angles you can see it if it's up on edge. And it come back yep. at a big, big angle like that. You can see white before that. But if you get the up and down, straight down, that puck is actually not over the red. Now, mm-hmm. I liked I liked it when it was halfway over. Oh, yeah. But well, it, I mean, I don't know. Why is it so magical about the, 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 the line now? I mean, if it's three quarters in, that's a goal to me. I, 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 I don't understand. I guess, you know, you'd think they'd have some kind of technology measure stuff like that on the line you know i always heard they were going to have some kind of electronic goal lines or something like that but i mean you know there's the, you know just to have that you know with 1.1 second left and and just be robbed of one like that i mean that's you know it was it was it was disheartening to say the least i guess <laughs> yeah it was and uh, did it come that close to like save it by a freaking big toenail twice <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. Ronnie White's in the house. What yeah. up? Thank you, Ronnie, for coming in. I'm going to highlight his uh, question because he's a good friend of mine. Uh, when the Bruins have a power play, they pass the puck around too much and not shoot on goal as they as many times as they should. You're absolutely right. The power play was something – this Bruins power play was something that was heavily relied on winning games. Now the power play is not good, and we can't get four on five, four, uh, five on five scoring going at all. 
And your secondary scoring, which we thought saw a spark with, uh, you know, Matt Grizzlick scoring a goal and then um, Carter Camper. I don't know why I want to call him that. But Stephen Camper, you know, he gets a goal. I mean, it's great. I mean, we want to see the lower line players get opportunities to shoot on net and get goals and so on. That'd be great. But we also need it by the guys we absolutely freaking depend on, you know, to, to bury the biscuit, get it going, create opportunities. You're overpassing. Is I'm, I'm really getting tired of people that are heavy passers not taking out better opportunities. I mean, you're looking at the goal, you're looking, but then all of a sudden you pass it when you took it, should have taken a shot. Oh, I agree. Uh, I think they should be taking more shots from the bumper position. It seems like they're trying to get a lot of like point shots and, uh, you know, weird angle shots. And, and it, it's like, you know, the Gretzky thing, you know, you, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take mind you, but you know, you got to get in there and make it a quality shot. Like a lot of times they're shooting in the bread baskets of the goalie. And that's one thing that really bothers me. They're, you know, they're coming in, getting a good chance and they're just flipping it into his gut. You know, like, I mean, that's not going to score you too many goals. Not a lot of goals go in through the gut. You got to get these goaltenders moving side to side. Um, these straight line shots that they're going to eat up in their gut every time it hits them in the, in the crest is not doing anything. You know, that, that, that's not showing creativity to me when it, in, on a team where I know, there's a lot of creative players. I mean, Pasternak's a shooter. Marshan's mm-hmm. a shooter. These guys are all elite shooters, and and I don't understand why we can't get those opportunities. The net front presence, in my opinion, hasn't been bad, but it hasn't been effective either. You know, no. I, I like I like the way Richie came into. Let's put it this way: I'm, I'm I'll I'll flat out say I was not a Richie fan when he came here. Me but, either. And when I saw him in the small in the small sample size, I scrutinized, which was probably a little unfair because he wasn't he was traded here. It doesn't really know the system and so on. But then after a full off season and COVID timeout, you learn the system. You're talking on Zoom to coaches and so on. You're training differently, um, and then you come into training camp and now you're learning. You see these people more repetitive and so on. You have a repertoire with them on a regular. That could uh-huh. change anything. And obviously, I think that changed a lot and brought him to say, listen, I need to play Boston Bruins hockey. I'm not in Anaheim anymore. Maybe I was floating floating a little bit back in the day when I, my first time in Boston because that's what they do in Anaheim. You know, it's, it's West Coast hockey, whatever. But then he comes into this and he's starting to play, turning some heads. And some, some, most people that believed in him saw this coming along. Others yeah. are like, wow, this is awesome, you know, and I'll eat my shoe because I said, you know, not great things about his um, acquisition and so on. But, you know, it, we need the net front presence and, and that's going to be stronger uh, from all lines, you know. For sure. Well, even a guy like Craig Smith, too. I mean, he had a good start and I, I think he's kind of a streaky player, too. But I can see him if he's getting onto a regular line. I think he's going to start producing a little bit more um a lot of it now is the lines are are not really getting to stay together a lot because every time we get every, someone back then another guy goes out or a defenseman goes out or somebody goes out and we're missing you know a lot of that cohesiveness from when our lines are all together i mean you look at uh coil and wagner i mean my god they're 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 lost this year maybe wagner more so than coil i guess but 
but still like, I mean, those guys were, they were a steady presence in the last couple of years. And this year they're just, I don't know. I mean, like I could, I, I, I hate to say it, but I could see one of them, maybe not coil, but Wagner getting traded. I, I don't, I don't know if he's, if he's able to bounce back from this, unless we get everything, you know, healthy again. I don't, I don't know. Do you consider anything that he says about mental health um, as a factor in his game? And how and how would a Chris, oh yeah, I mean you got to take that and how would a Chris Wagner adjust to a full eighty-two game schedule when we're all vaccinated and somewhat comfortable in life again? Oh, that there's a lot of factors. I mean, COVID is 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 horrible, man. It's taken a toll on everybody. I mean, look at our playoffs last year. I mean, you know, it wasn't necessarily that, but Tuka's you know had a an issue where he had to go. I mean, I'm sure a lot of these players are going out there sometimes and just like in the back of their mind, they're thinking, you know, like I, this could be the night I get COVID and it's, it's happening. We had five guys on the COVID list. It's not something to, to, you know, we can just say, Oh, it's going to go away right away. It, it probably isn't going to go right away. Vaccinations are going to help, but I mean, it's, it, it's, it's gotta be affecting people's mental state for sure. You're, you're right about that. Definitely. Yeah. So, and, and another thing about uh, like, like moving Wagner is, most organizations, and I'm not saying you're wrong or anything like that, but most organizations have these plug and plays in the system, uh, much like the Boston Bruins. Like if if mm-hmm. like if Wagner can't hack it, you know, I know that Oscar Steen could probably be somebody that they could look on uh, for that fourth line Absolutely. role player, that speedster. He's going to be a, a a little pain in the ass, let me tell you. You know, and that mm-hmm. that guy, that guy, I'll tell you, when he left the. Um, the game, the international game, came over last year in his first year of the American Hockey League, 200 by 85 sheet of ice. You saw, you saw the international game. It was like, you know, it's it's an adjustment period. Obviously, this season mm-hmm. in this condent in this stupid 26 game regular season, I'm seeing a different Augustine, somebody that's going yep. into the board areas and just in, you know, cleaning house, retrieving pucks very well. I mean, and and you look at this freaking legs. I mean, I I I I interviewed him at development camp. Yeah, they're freaking trunks. They're like, damn, this kid's freaking got you know. Once he a frames, good luck getting him out of there. <laughs> yeah, but you know these. I I don't know. I could obviously see a player like Wagner expendable in a deal, but it's not going to garner much. It might be one of those leverage no. freaking you know moves. He's like an add-in is, is something. I mean, and I don't want him to go. I think he still has a lot of value to the team, and I like him as you know as a guy. He's, he seems like a good guy, but it's it's again as we said from the start, it's kind of one of those things where something has to be done, and you don't know who that's going to be or or what that's going to entail and what it's going to take to get someone in. Got lots of people. Tim McLaughlin's in the house. What's up? How you doing? Ronnie White still here. Sassy Blonde. Oh, Sassy Blonde's got a good question right here. Can we talk about the horrible puck management in the neutral zone? Uh, do that's, we have to? That's frustrating. <laughs> well, we don't have to, but I like Sassy. Okay. But uh, she's, no, she's good yeah. on the Twitter. She knows her stuff. Um, yeah. How can you uh, – uh, I don't know. Like It's frustrating. We're not seeing enough stretch passing, I don't believe. I mean, the only no. stretch passes I see are the ones coming from like Yara Halak on a, um, on a, <laughs> on a line change from the, on the other team. But it's, yeah. it's more or less like let's go behind the net – Let's figure it out. You get to the blue line, then it's a drop pass going back. And then you try to do it again, and it's a drop pass going back. You, you had those you know, valuable seconds when you could have just bust right through the middle, and you didn't. 
teams are freaking seeing that and then approaching up more. They're, they're more aggressively meeting you uh, in that mm-hmm. neutral zone and shutting them down. That's something that is a bad weakness of this Boston Bruins team. And yeah. they, they need to figure that out because that's the type of play. And, and Sassy brings it up too. Is the it, it, no neutral zone play is like that's a big part of your playoff hopes. You don't have yep. that. You don't have goaltending. You don't have defense. Good luck staying in the first round. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's I'm afraid right now that the team, the way it's built, if there's no changes made, we're definitely if we get in the playoffs, we're out first round. There's no question in my mind. Like maybe even swept, which is sad to say, but you know what I mean. Like it's it just it, it needs tweaking. We need everybody healthy. And we just need to to play the game that we know the Bruins can play, and it hasn't been it hasn't been there. It just hasn't been there. There's not a lot of a lot a lot of uh, like you know stuff to cheer for these days. I have one of those Bud Riser red lights out there, and I mean it hasn't been going off a lot lately. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> it only goes off on five on five goals, right? <laughs> it, it goes off when the game starts, and that's about it. <laughs> lately, funny. hasn't been doing much. That'd be funny. Budweiser sticking to the Bruins and only score and only goes off when he scores a five on five goal. Ooh, I'd I'd say I'd save on batteries big time. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so you got a little past a half hour into this. I'm having fun. Thank you very much, Steve. I really appreciate you joining us and, no and everybody everybody in the man. chat. But um, and if anybody wants to jump in on us, if you can be uh, somewhat courteous and professional and 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 talk uh, reasonably, we'd love to have you on uh, the live stream. So, and I'm recording this for the podcast, so this will be released on Wednesday in the uh, audio form, and also uh, later on in the week on the YouTube channel. Please follow our YouTube channel, Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. We certainly appreciate that. Please follow our Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Uh, we're on all the. Um, uh, worldwide listening platforms, and we certainly appreciate it. Um, Mark, I was going to ask you, like, who do you think the big uh, trade targets for Boston should be in the, at this deadline? Do you think do you have any in mind, or is it just kind of like we'll just see what's available? <sighs> to be honest, Steve, it's, it's, it's just such a tough year for me to think logically about what other teams besides the Bruins. I know I'm very biased on Boston and I don't really get out much when it, you know, talking about the league. I listen to a lot of podcasts to get my information about yep. other teams and so on, but it's, you hear that a lot about this year might be a patient year when we might not see a lot of trades at the deadline. Um, because well, especially they just, within divisions. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that goes on for years and years, you know, I don't know. Um, I I really think that this Boston Bruins team, even with the core it has, I really think that it's it was one or two players away, and I was thinking more or less like a defenseman and a forward, scoring forward, sniper, so what, and so on. Mm-hmm. But now I'm thinking we need two forwards, and now. Yeah possibly two defensemen. And I'm not I'm not shitting on the young kids trying to get their niche in this NHL right now. I love the opportunities that Jakobs Borrell, even though he's not playing great lately. I love the opportunities he's getting. Uh, um you know, I love the opportunities that Lausanne's getting and, and so on. Yep. These are all positive things about the development and how Jay Leach works the system down in Providence to get these kids up and ready. And he's done a fantastic job down there. Kudos to that oh, yeah. guy. But I still think that in a competitive style, and I know that I've been on one side of the boat saying 
we need to score more goals. And then the other side of the boats, you know, waving, we need toughness in the playoffs. We need to be grittier in the playoffs. And I get that. I get that the postseason's different. It's a harder style hockey. You know, it's very driven and so on. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm starting to understand that. And I hate saying it. I hate admitting it. But, you know, I will eat a shoe if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think that we need good, young, not rookie young, but a young couple defensemen that, uh, you know, have been in the playoffs before. They know the grind and and forwards that can shoot the puck regularly. We thought Craig Smith was, was going to be that guy. You look at his underlying numbers uh, in in, um, in, uh, in in Nashville, and you see that he puts on a lot of shots and so on. But, you know, he did, like you said, he did start that. He did show that a little bit when he first got here in Boston. But it's starting to tail off that he's not getting those yep. opportunities. I mean, this guy could shoot from the freaking goal line on the other end of the ice. He was known to do, and he's not just <laughs> doing that now, you know, but I just, no. I just think that there's more of a compliment that needs to come in here into this Bruins group to really produce a winner. And I honestly think that that can't happen this year. We don't have the salary cap. We don't have, it's a flat no. cap. We have an owner that we don't know if he's even wanting to like make deals and spend money that he probably doesn't have. Um, and he's probably t- saying to Sweeney and Neely to say, yeah, we're going to do this. Yeah, we're going to do this. Make us look good. But in reality, we're going to sit back and absolutely do nothing. I mean, so I, I wouldn't surprise me if they didn't make any moves. But I mean... What, what would you say about a guy if 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 we could get a decent deal? What about Connor Garland? Is he someone you'd look at as 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 someone that you'd want to have? Or all right, let me look up on the cap friendly because you you've got me going into a a wormhole here that is is an interesting <laughs> one. But going to the Phoenix Coyotes, I'm sorry, Arizona Coyotes. I got to put a yes, quarter. Yep. <laughs> got to put a quarter in there. So Connor Garland is an is an RFA. Okay. This is his last season mm-hmm. uh, under contract. He's making $775,000 right now. Mm-hmm. And he has a hammer next to his RFA per cap friendly. So that means that he is arbitrate. He has arbitration and he's doing really good in, in Arizona right now. Okay. And of course he's got the Boston ties with the junior Bruins. And we, you know, we're always tied to somebody from Boston. I don't think that Arizona is going to want to deal with they might want to move him because they can get assets back because they're on a seemingly rebuild themselves. Endless rebuild. <laughs> yeah. And so if the Bruins stay right where they're at right now and they make the playoffs and they're out in the first round, you're still in the 18 to 20 range for a draft pick. I don't think that's enticing for the um for the Arizona Coyotes at this point. What I do see them doing is going after a team like Buffalo (laughs) that are not good in the league right now and then trying to get their first round pick to get into uh, a contest, into the whole, you know, whatever, that that whole, um, what do they call that? (sighs) The draft, not the, not the draft, the The lottery, lottery. draft lottery. Jesus, me, (laughs) one word, two words. It's so bad. (laughs) But um, yeah, and 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 possibly 
turn their franchise around too. But then again, you think about it, you know, in hindsight, Buffalo wants to do the same thing. They want to do the rebuild. They want to get, you know, good assets on the cheap too. But um, I just don't, I don't know. I don't see it happening because uh, the arbitration rights are scary enough right there. You don't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. If you deal him, you're looking at Jack Sadiqa. You're probably looking at a John Beecher or somebody comparable. The first round pick, um, maybe that's enough. Ooh. Some people, we're gonna, to... you know, it'll be a middle pick. So, I mean, I don't. A lot of teams probably know that already, and they're like, "Well, I don't know if that's enough of a pick to to get us interested." That's what I always feel like, anyway. Yeah. To me, some people, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything because I'm not, I'm, I'm not like calling people out. Yeah. Some people out there reported that it could be only a first round pick to get Garland, and to me, that's a little low. That's yeah. a little low for. I mean, so even if, all right, say you're, it's not even John Chica anymore. Oh, that's right. I don't even remember the. Uh, is it Armstrong? I think it might be Armstrong that's in um, in Arizona now. But, you know, he's going to look at, okay, we're going to get a first-round pick for somebody that we can get more for. Absolutely no way. They're going to want players. They're going to want prospects to come back with them. I don't see that happen in regard the Boston ties or not. Yep. Um, well, I've had Sassy's up here for a while. i got to scroll back <laughs> and get her, get her down. <laughs> Thanks for the question, Sass. I appreciate it. It's, to it's me, tough. It's going to be tough. Yeah, to me, it's just, um, you know, I, I don't want to just, I don't think a Stanley Cup's happening this year, and I freaking no. hate saying that. I always like to think they're going to win, but, you know, you you got you to have, you know, realistic expectations. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's no problem. I, I know you're chatty. It's okay. No, I, I had you up here on the big screen for the longest time and I had to scroll up to find it because <laughs> the chats are coming in hot and heavy. Mark Balboni's in the house. Thank you very much, Mark. Fresh out of Facebook jail. Look at that. Good for you, man. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully your parole's doing good. I love the jailhouse tats you got going on. I, I've known Mark for a long time. This guy's tatted up too. He's almost like got a got a uh, a whole sweatshirt going on there. Um, Alicia Adams in the house. Oh my God, Alicia, how you doing? Uh, hopefully, you and the family are doing good after the um, uh, the house fire last year. Hopefully, everything's getting better. Uh, you know, somewhat back to normal. I know that was a tough experience for you and family. I, I have an idea. How about I name you five guys that are on the 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 Bruins roster? Now, tell me how likely it is you think they're going to get traded. Okay, so Anton Bleed. I don't see much value. No. He, I, I think uh, like a leverage guy. He's probably on his last year of his uh, of his current contract. Yeah. Um, okay, and then I got Jake DeBrusque. Um, I could see him being moved um, if he doesn't snap out of this um, this little funk that he has right now. And I kind of think that it, it, you don't mind me going on this, do you? No, go ahead. Okay. The way Jake DeBrusque's contract was structured, in my opinion, two-year deal, and I believe that the Boston Bruins were very high on evaluation the first year, and let's see what we have here um, for future, you know, you know, an, uh, an extension. So a short bridge term deal right now. It's approved me one year, 
but it also gives the another team that's going to be trading for him a year to work with him for a contract if he does really good there. So yes, I could see him being moved absolutely, and but I mean he's not. Ah, oh, this is a tough one. I like Jake. Yeah. I, I I've been I a huge too. fan. Yeah. I've been a huge fan since he was uh, in uh, out west in uh, Western Canada and the juniors. So uh, with with current and uh, I believe uh, not not the Cougars. Broncos. And, no, I think it was. Oh, no, um, no, that's Swift Current. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was with Swift Current, but got traded yeah. to. Um, yeah, I don't remember what what it is. Yeah, but um, you know, I just I want to see him get going. I want to see him yep. shake this, and you know, it's in his head, and, and and um, when he's mic'd up, he's all constantly talking to himself, trying to think, figure it out. Calls yeah. himself slick. He's like, "Come on, <laughs> slick. You know the game. You know you can do this." Yeah. I, I feel I feel real bad for the kid in the slump that he's going on because I know he can be offensive. He's got the capabilities, absolutely. But yeah, you know, some players just don't have it. And but the, it's a business too. As much as yeah. I like the player, it's still a business. Yeah. So let's look at him for the rest of this season, and and, and particularly before the trade deadline that's going to happen on on April twelfth. Mm-hmm. So. Then it, now you're evaluating. So for yep. me right now, absolutely, I would have Jake DeBrusque on my list to move to bring something back, um, yep. whether it be a defense, a defenseman, or a, a forward. So um, that's that's kind of my thing on Jake. Long winded, okay. but sorry. No, it's okay. I have one more interesting one. Anders Bjork. Anders Bjork, unfortunately, doing not not unfortunately. What I'm going to say is unfortunate. Doing good lately. I've seen a lot of things. I, I talked to this with Heather Ingerson, uh, co-host of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, about how players are creating more opportunities when they're moving. So mm-hmm. we saw we saw Matt Grizzlick, uh, quarterback in the blue line the other day against the Islanders, uh-huh. and he he got the Islanders to move side to side, and by doing that, he created a lane that he could shoot. It was up high, but he saw he saw an opportunity to take it. Yep. Move. The, the constant movement. Mm-hmm. Emotion creates emotion. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I saw the same thing with Anders Bjork. And I'm not saying Anders or uh, Matt Grizzlick were gliding in any way. I never say that about a hockey player because they move faster than me. Mm-hmm. I will say, <laughs> though, I will say, though, that Anders Bjork has been really moving his feet well, and by that, he's getting into those certain areas unnoticed. Like that goal he had against the Islanders. I think it was the Islanders. I think so too, yeah. It was, yeah. He snuck in and got it right at the hash marks. That's where, that's where goal scorers score goals. Exactly. He needs 100%. to get there. And by doing that, he was moving. He wasn't on the outside waiting for a pass. He was getting inside to make that happen with a little bit of creativity and a little bit of a hack, I believe, from the guy behind him. So that's the thing I love seeing. But for Anders, Anders is on a low contract. He signed a three-year deal. This is currently year one, if I'm not mistaken. So he's got two more years to go. Um, I could be wrong on that. But um, 
I mean, that's 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 a nice leverage piece too for another team that's willing yep. to you know rebuild. I mean, I could see him. I could see Arizona being being popular for for a guy like Anders Bjork if that mm-hmm. trade was ever going to happen. You know, yep. I could see a West Coast team, uh, San Jose, L.A., or anything like that happening with Anders Bjork uh, just because he loves the skateboarding and loves the good weather. So. Yeah. But I, I, I find value in him, too. So I'm a fence yep. guy. I'm always the fence guy. I, I, I always like, I want him on my team, but I also see freaking, you know, value. So, um, yeah, I mean, if, if he needs to be moved for something that's coming back, it's going to be the right deal, obviously. Yeah, I, I think he has a high compete level, and it's only getting better. And with more ice time, he's, he's definitely showing that he's, you know, he's able to play good Bruins hockey. So, I mean, I'd hate to move him. It's like, you know, with Achari and Heinen, I, I didn't want to move those guys, but you had to. You just, it had it had to be done. So, you know, it's the same type of thing. I think he's kind of like Heinen level type guy. Yeah, the plug and plays that you're talking about, we actually talked about that recently with Heather. Um, you know, Nola Chari, th- this Boston Bruins team does not want to pay any of, any third or fourth liners. Nope. More than two, three million dollars. Because once those once those shallows, the Acharis, and possibly the Corrales yep. uh, upcoming. Corrales on his last year of his deal. And in the way he's playing, I'm not sure if that's gonna be an entertaining thing that the Boston Bruins wanna wanna do again. I think that they can find somebody down in Providence that's on an entry level deal right now, making under yep. a million to fit right in there. Much like yep. how uh, pretty much he uh, Corrali got the job too. I know Corrali yeah. <laughs> wasn't a, a Boston Bruins draft pick, but he, you know, was a trade asset for I believe Martin Jones with San Jose. Mark, uh, Mac Braboni in the house. He's a San Jose guy, and um, uh, he knows the stuff. Was was the uh, or or you, Steve? Did you, was the uh, Martin Jones deal involved in Corrali? I think it was. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I can't. I, I honestly don't remember that, but I think it, it, you're you're probably right about that. If I had to guess, he's all he's all about that stuff. He's a San Jose Boston Bruins fan. <laughs> yes, it was. Ah, Peggy's in the house. I can never say her name, but I can say Peggy, and I know who it is now. So I'm gonna highlight her because. Oh, there you go. There's your answer. Love it. Thank you, Peggy, for stopping in the stream. Thank you, Mark, for telling me that I'm 100% correct. You should be on Twitter more often. <laughs> All right, where do we want to go now? We, I mean, I could, um, we're approaching an hour, which is unbelievable. We've been sitting here for a whole hour. It, it seems like five minutes. <laughs> I, know, I know. This is what we do on podcast day. I sit down there for three hours doing it, and all of a sudden it's just like, damn, I think I've been here all day. Um. Who do you think can break out uh, if there's not a lot of deals made? Who do you think can break out to, for the secondary scoring to improve a bit? I, 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 I'm not really sure if I have anyone in mind myself, but I'm just wondering who you think could come up there and, and start popping some. Like from, from Providence? Or no, even just on our own team. You oh, know what I mean? Like if, yeah, I, I would – I really want to see Craig Smith get more involved. Yeah. You know, just just the way his shooting percentage was, and those underlying numbers, and the analytics that I saw before he came here, and and Dan Penny, Dan, thanks for stopping in this the stream, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, and Sassy, absolutely. Smitty is somebody I want to see get going more, more shots, uh, more goal production, point production, and so on. 
we're starting to see a little bit of it. I think he got a goal against the Islanders or Buffalo. I'm not quite sure which one, um, but need more of it. Uh, secondary soaring is going to be, we need that balance, you know? Yeah. It, it's almost like a, um, a ballast in a ship. You know, you, you have to even everything out, you know? If the, if the top line is not producing and not putting the puck in the net consistently, we need the next man up mentality. You need that third, uh, the second, third, and fourth liners to step in and try to get that too. And Because what it's doing is it's beating down our defensemen and, and goaltenders. Um, to the fact is that you're not creating much of a gap to make mistakes. You're making the mistakes and you're, you're completely out of the, out of the whole shot. You know, yeah. um, my thing is, is like, I want to get so much more like we, I, we could, the, this Boston Bruins team could absolutely be more offensive and point production Definitely. and be, and be shitty on defense. That's fine. That's mm-hmm. fine with me, you know, cause we're yeah. making up for losses on the back end, but now there's nothing. There's like goaltending defense and like, we have nothing in front of us. That's, that's pushing yep. us to, uh, to even be competitive in some of these games. And I'm sorry, but when you're playing teams like New Jersey and you cannot beat them, uh, Buffalo, you're having a hard time. The Islanders, the Islanders are a freaking wagon this year. I thought they yep. weren't going to be this good, but still history shows that you are a good team against this Islanders club. It's, it, I don't I don't understand what's going on. But then you face the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are red hot. You'll face the Pit- Philadelphia Flyers. You'll face the Washington Capitals. And you guys are like, you're playing a team in the playoffs. Like, all of a sudden, you show yeah. up for those guys? Come on. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Well, I mean, it kind of almost makes, you know, wish for the days of the old Merlot line there. Those guys, that was secondary scoring, all right. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, was that Dan Paye, uh, Sean Thornton, and um, oh, why am I forgetting Beverly? this? Yeah, Pev, Kelly or uh, Beverly? I guess. Kelly yeah. or Beverly? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's funny when you think about Sean Thornton scoring goals and stuff like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, have, I have a funny. I have a funny story. I've been to one game at Boston Garden in my whole life, and it was the game where Thornton uh, took down. Uh, when they played Pittsburgh and they had the big, uh, the big toss up there when Marshawn got kneed in the head, that was the oh, one game I was. Was that five the minutes? One, was that the one that he slew footed Orpic? Mm-hmm. Oh. And then, and then Thornton went over and just. Well, yeah. That was the one game I've been to, and my wife was like, "Is this going to happen all game?" I said, "I hope not." <laughs> <laughs> but that was my one game, and that the best part was they came back from two to one the whole game. They got two goals in the last minute and a half, and and they won it for me. My one game. <laughs> soupy sean freeman just comes in sean thanks for stopping in the stream i truly appreciate it but he says uh uh campbell Greg oh campbell. that's it greg, greg campbell. campbell yeah yep. sorry that was 10 years ago i already forgot oh yeah that's, yeah <laughs> oh for the days of those guys oh um, dan penny with injuries what's lauco doing in providence uh Ooh. he's doing good i think he's got i think he's tied for the uh the league the team in goals. Um, he could get a call. I'm not going to say that it's warranted that he sh- he's, it should immediately be in the lineup anytime soon. Um, I still think that he needs a lot, a lot to round out his game. I think the rest of the year in Providence and even starting Providence next year um, would be beneficial. Um, but I think the, the more we move towards 
next season, you're going to see departures. We just talked about Corral. He might not be here. Um, Andre Kasha, I wouldn't take a, a flyer on him again. Unfortunate no. that he's uh, an RFA. We, you can negotiate with him, but that's somebody I'd walk away from. And I hate kicking a guy down when he's injured too, you know, no. but if he can find another job somewhere else, that's up, that's on him. But uh, I, I just think that uh, the left side, you know, if you trade to Brask um, and get somebody else in here uh, short term and then, you know, seamlessly get, Jakob Lauko into the lineup. I think next year would probably be his better opportunity, even the year after. Yeah. But not 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 now or anything like that. I mean, Providence is only working on a 26 game schedule. We don't even know if they're going to have any playoffs. So for me, it's just the the time, the games. You, you know, you you don't question their uh, their workout. Um, you know how they keep fit and so on because they're professionals. No matter what, if you're in the AHL, NHL, you're 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 you know accustomed to to do what's right to your body because you know somebody's paying a heavy price for that. Um, but yeah. I, I I think Jakob's going to definitely be there. I wouldn't I wouldn't like call it in now because the it's two different no. leagues. I think I think these scorers yeah. do a better freaking job scoring goals down there because they're more used to it. Once you get up to the NHL, it's more sheltered minutes. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of you get an opportunity, but you're you're t- you're not out there all the time. And I mean, I was going to mention uh, uh, as we talked about Samuel Asselin, I saw him got an opportunity to see him play for Halifax Mooseheads here in town, and I I, I suspect someday he's going to be a, a good prospect too. I mean, whether it's with our organization or someone else, I I suspect he'll be like a good you know third to second liner in the NHL. He's definitely got some skills. And he can he can score a lot of goals, and I, I think we'll see that coming out of him in the next couple of years for sure. Sneakingly good signing by the uh, Boston Bruins scouting staff. Uh, Samuel, as you said, played for the Halifax Mooseheads, but previously before that, it was um, it was involved in a trade from uh, the Acadia Bathurst Deton, and yes, which, yep. which they they won a call the cup. I'm, no, yep. not a call the cup, Memorial Cup. Memorial so Cup. Yep. He comes over to Halifax in a trade. Um, and I believe in his overage year, uh, scores 48 mm-hmm. goals and leads the queue. Um, and then the next, uh, right after his commitment was over with Halifax, signs a free agent deal. Um, so with the Boston Bruins, it's a, it was a two year deal, an AHL only deal. Now, here's the thing if he was to come up to the NHL, he'd have to sign a two way deal. And at, right now, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. the contracts and the way the taxi squad works and so on, I don't think that'll happen. Um, but I will say that he is taking a very similar tr- uh, path to what uh, Robert Lantoshi did. Robert Lantoshi was invited to development camp at the warrior ice arena a couple of years ago. And, and the Boston Bruins saw him, and the scouts and everything saw him there offered him an AHL one year deal. He played really well last year, earning him another deal. This one from the Boston Bruins in a two way deal. So think about that uh, uh, contract structure in the entry level system. I think that that's the same that Asseline's probably going to do. He might leave this, uh, this year his last under contract with the American Hockey League Providence Bruins and go two-way deal, either two-year or one-year, uh, and be available for a call-up and so on and get a taste and so on. So, I, I, you know, 
the sky's the limit. I mean, these Providence Bruins two-way deals and entry-level deals, they're strictly just a gamble, but they're at a low-risk gamble. So, yep. I mean, he, he could be somebody in the future. He's so fast. And if I'm yep. not mistaken, he's leading the uh, AHL in, like, face-off percentage. The guy's a freaking animal in the circle. Yep. He's got – he doesn't have great size, too. And he's winning face-offs against bigger guys that are, you know, obviously taller, you know, and bigger arm strength and so on. So when you get down in the circle and you're trying to, you know, win it, he's there. And and Jay Leach is putting him in some really good situations, too. So, it, I mean, his development is, is, is going good. I mean, he did play one year in the East Coast Hockey League uh, with the uh, uh, Atlantic Gladiators. And I, if I'm not mistaken, he was an all-star that year. So I've been I'll talking tell- to him. Much. I need some more wit. <laughs> it's okay. I, yeah, I, I can remember him uh, beating a lot of defensemen, like just, you know, kind of side to side moves and stuff. And he's very, he's got very good acceleration. He gets past the guy, you're not going to catch him. He scored a lot of breakaway goals, definitely, when I, when, when I was there anyway. So I, I, there's nothing but upside for that kid. And I, ho- I wish him the best. I hope, I hope we get to see him someday in a Bruins uniform. Uh, Danny, Danny brings up a good, good question. Any players out of college the Bees could sign? I am not sure about, available free agents right now um like i said it's been a been a weird year for me to pay attention to certain players uh at any level but um uh i wrote an article about jack becker and he plays for well played for the university of michigan but michigan had to withdraw from the national tournament because of covid which ended his season that he capped in, in his senior year. So he's done. His commitment with Michigan is over. He could sign uh, an entry-level deal, probably a one-year deal with the Providence Bruins, an AHL-only deal, or or even an entry-level with the Boston Bruins that will give him a, like a two-way opportunity. But I don't think you'll ever see him at the NHL level at this particular time. But somebody that you could possibly work with, Jay Leach and uh, Trent Whitfield, they do really good with the prospects downstairs, especially Whitfield. Uh, working with centers and forwards and so on. So, I mean, anything could happen. I'm not totally sure on the outside of Bruins prospects that this team could could um, sign as free agents. Uh, I might that might be a little homework for me, uh, Dan Penny. So uh, I might even uh, write an article about that. But if you do want to read the Jack Becker article, please go to uh, blackandgoldhockey.com and uh, check it out, please. Oh, Sassy Blonde. She's got another one. Sorry. Sorry, Steve. I'm going to bring her up again. Will we see That's okay. Beecher? No problem. Will we see Beecher in Providence next year? Very good question, Sassy. Um, reported by Dom Tiano, a good friend of mine. Um, Danny, thank you for reading the article. Appreciate that. But um, according to Dom Tiano on Twitter, back on Jan- on. February 28th, Beecher had shoulder surgery and he was unable to uh, return to the uh, uh, season ending. Um, so with that being said, there's a rumor going around. I'm not going to say who said it uh, because we're not friendly anymore and I'm not promoting anybody else's crap. Uh, <laughs> but um, said that there's a good possibility that he could turn pro this year. That remains to be seen. So. Um, we'll see. I, I, me personally, I would like to see John Beecher go back to Michigan, work with Mel Pearson a little more, um, because just the way that the Boston Bruins are structured right now, 
And just by the way that the Providence Bruins are structured right now, and I know most of those guys are on one-year, two-year deals. It's very minimal contracts down there. Um, I think it would be beneficial for him to stay at the NCAA level. Um, but if it happens, it's, it's, it, it, that's all good. You know what I mean? Somebody that's on a, an NHL-only deal will probably get shuffled to the side and create John Beecher to come in. I don't want to see Beecher at a fourth line, left wing, fourth line center position uh, in the AHL level. I know he'll garner a lot of experience and so on. It's a harder game and so on. But um, I want to see him in Providence at, at least a third, a second, or a first line. So if, if that's going to happen, just leave him in, in the, uh, you know, don't, I wouldn't offer him a contract. But the kid is a is a beast he's got some really good offensive offensive skills he's, he's got a power stride there's a lot there's a lot to uh to that are good that's good things there um i'm looking forward to watching him no matter where he goes um sorry i'm fumbling my words again <laughs> need more I'd, I'd, say, I'd say there's another guy like his nickname should just be upside because i don't see anything but upside on that guy he's he's going to be an nhler and, and a good one yep and you can go to um, the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast uh, YouTube channel, scroll all the way down and see the video that we got, uh, the Black and Gold Productions uh, Sports Media Company got um, credentialed for um, development camp, and we did a really good interview with him. So go check it out. And that was Patrick Donnelly that went in there. B&G teammate Patrick Donnelly. B-U, B-U. Um, you got anything else for me, uh, Steve? Anybody else in the chat got any questions? Feel free to ask away. I mean, I mean, I, I've covered pretty much everything that I that I was thinking of. I mean, I, I've had a great time talking. I mean, it's it's it's, it's you know a great time. I I you know I love talking with Bruins fans and and people who know their stuff is even better. So yeah, absolutely. I, I'm a I just like. I like content. Like I told you in the pre pre-show, I'm a big fan of just getting content out there and just and connecting with with other people because it's a lot of fun talking mm-hmm. Boston Bruins hockey. No matter what, no matter <laughs> where they are in the standings, no matter who they lost to in 2019, it's just Ugh. a lot of it's just a lot of fun to um, you know to get together and, and just shoot the shit. For sure, for sure, you know, very much enjoyable, very much enjoyable. What are you drinking, by the way? Oh, I'm drinking. Uh, I don't know if it'll come out because my camera's reversed. This is called Tall. Oh, it is. Look, Tall Ship Ale. That's from Garrison in Halifax. Nice. That is a. They made it especially for um for uh when we had the Tall Ships coming to Halifax and people liked it so much. It's now their most popular brand. That's awesome. I'm a big I'm a big beer guy. Um, uh, obviously I'm not drinking beer today. I'm drinking the Pink Wit. (laughs) When I do have a chance to go down to the uh the breweries down here in Amesbury, Massachusetts, we uh. We do uh, have some. We have a couple of them that are really good. My favorite is Sylvaticus, and they make this. They make this. Uh, it's called Baron Von Smoke. And let me <laughs> tell you, if you like barbecue, it it tastes like a barbecue king just took a juicy, juicy brisket and just wrung it out and put it into a cup. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's that good. Wow. I mean, and these are like $16 for like a a four pack. And I'm walking out there with like eight four packs. (laughs) It's that good. And that, oh my God. It lasts me probably about half a week. (laughs) (laughs) 
but it's so no i'm telling you i mean it just it tastes like barbecue like the like a burnt end or something like that it's just oh it's oh, amazing man. baron oh, von smoke yes bassy <laughs> uh well when I, when I go down to boston i like to try everything i'm a big sam adams fan i love that stuff and that time we went to the garden they had a sam adams cherry which i thought was going to be disgusting but it was actually very very good and i've never seen it again so <laughs> are you talking about the cherry wheat yeah i used to love cherry wheat actually yeah when um i tried to get a six pack or a um a 12 pack during the holidays like in november december time mm-hmm. yeah i'm a big fan of cherry wheat oh yeah we just get the basic sam adams up here so i gotta i gotta go with what i got i guess <laughs> nice Awesome. All right. I mean, we just passed an hour. We got an hour and 11 minutes. I can't believe I, it. I think that'll is. All right. Hang on a second. Danny says, is it me or do people cringe with pasta on the point during the power play? I like Krejci up there. Cold snap is great. I, I'm sorry. Dan, I absolutely understand what you're talking about. I don't like pasta there. I'd rather have Krejci there doing the quarterback and on the point um, dishing it off to pasta. So, yeah, I'm not a big fan of that, of Bruce putting um, pasta on the power play that, that deep back. What do you think, Steve? No, I don't. I like him in the bumper or in, in the, in, you know, the Ovechkin spot, as I call it. That's, that's where he gets a lot of goals. That's where he makes his money. I mean, you know, I, I you know, I, Craigie seems to be the guy to put back there if you're going to go for a forward. And I mean, you got, uh, you know, uh, Charlie's playing well on the, on the, the points, but I mean, I, I'd even say Grizzly could go in there on the, on the power play as well. He's, he's, he's doing great and he's getting some shots in now. Yeah. As long as he keeps moving, he's, he's yeah. you know, yeah. work that, work that blue line laterally, look for your opportunities, whether you have to pass it or just get it on net. I mean, what did Gretzky say? You don't score on a hundred percent. You don't. Sh- you don't shoot yeah. on. I, I messed that yeah, one. Yeah, pretty Jesus. close. Pretty close. <laughs> you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. That's it. There you go. There you go, Steve. Thank you for recovering that one. No problem. No problem. Um, yeah, I mean it's absolutely true. You you just gotta get the puck on net. You gotta get yeah. it. You know, and I, it, I think the secondary scoring would be better. Um, much better if it comes in layers like mm-hmm. it almost seems like we're relying on the forwards to really do most of the work and then the defensemen i'm not saying that they're gliding or anything like that but if they came up a more aggressive with the play i think your secondary scoring could possibly be solved i, mean, I know it's a, a stretch there but also what i'm worried about that is if, if the defensemen are pinching in so hard to be offensive and create those layers that I'm talking about. They're never good coming back. <laughs> you know, I mean, here we go. It's, 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 it's the, um, the Ottawa senators lobbing it out of the zone, a uh, hundred foot freaking pass up in the air. Like it's yeah. a goddamn, it's Doug Flutie for BC <laughs> going way back for the touchdown, you know? And yeah. it, it, I just get so afraid of that once in a while. So I mean, as much as I want my defensemen to get, further into the play and be more point productive. I'm also so nervous on what happens if the puck gets turned over and you go the other way. 
The the only guy I trust doing that is McAvoy, hundred percent, because he 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 can get back faster than pretty much anybody. So if he's if he's gonna pinch, I'm I'm okay with that. But because I know he's gonna go right back, he's gonna get right. back there on the play. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's enough. I think we got enough content for now that I can uh, edit this up real quick and get it out for a Wednesday show. But uh, first and foremost, I do want to thank everybody in the chat. That's been um, uh, awesome. I mean, we have a lot of freaking people. Uh, Dan, Dan Penny, Sassy, thank you so much. Um, Mark Balboni in the house. Thank you, sir. And everybody else, uh, Sean Freeman. And Stuart, Jack, you guys are all amazing. Thank you so much for the uh, for stopping in. Um, I'm going to be doing this a lot more often, so it might not be Wednesday, Mondays, but it might be like we record this on like a Saturday afternoon, and then I can release it on Wednesdays. We're trying to create a little more listenership. We're trying to get a little more downloads for our Black and Gold Hockey podcast, and I thought we'd do fun things like this and involve uh, some of our listeners some Boston Bruins fans and, and friends. So you guys are all welcome to join me anytime you guys want. Just reach out and say, hey, when are you doing a live stream discussion? I'd love to come on. I'll send you a link when they set it all up and and we'll do it. So we just want to create a little more content. We also want to just get more people involved in this because, I, I, like I said, Steve, I had a lot of fun with you today and I hope we, hope we have an opportunity to do this again. Yeah, anytime, man. I had a great time. And like I said, I told you before, this is my first time on a podcast, so I hope I didn't uh, screw things up too bad. Nah, you were fine. You know, your breathing was good. You weren't like, you know, <laughs> hyperventilating or anything like most people do. It's like yeah. I'm constantly talking to people before they get started up. I'm like, are you okay? And they're like, why? I was like, because you look like you look blue. I was like, are you breathing? They're like, I'm kind of nervous. It's like, don't, don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. Just Well, if we were... If we had been talking about like American history or, or like, you yeah. know, stuff I didn't know about, maybe I'd be a little nervous, but Boston, I could talk about for hours, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But no, I, again, oh, Mark Redmond, I'm down to get on here soon enough if you'd have me. Yeah, Mark, well, I'd love to have you sometime. We got to work something out, though, because uh, I know you're on the uh, Mark's out in California. So that time difference is always a bitch. But he's a he's a Boston born and bred guy moved out to the West. So um, with that being said, Steve uh, McEachern, thank you very much for joining me. I know you're up in the Maritimes and I know the time difference is a little, is a little different up there, but um, thank you so much for the, the hour and 15 minutes that we had to sit here and talk Boston Bruins. It went by fast. Uh, I really appreciate the time and I look forward to doing it again. For sure, man. If you anytime you want, just let me know. I'm I'm down for this. I love to talk Bruins, and and you know, I I hope I don't run out of stuff to say. <laughs> awesome. I certainly appreciate it, and um, thank you very much, everybody, for listening, tuning in on YouTube, the audio podcast version, and everybody here in the live chat. You guys are the best. I really appreciate all the support. Please go to blackandgoldhockey.com to read our stuff. Please follow us um, on and subscribe on uh, podcast platforms, Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Um, go to blackandgoldhockey.com and check out all of the podcasts um, on our network. We have, I think, seven shows now, eight shows. So uh, plenty of uh, Boston Bruins hockey to fill your day if needed. But again, I'm Mark Allred. I totally appreciate everybody's uh, support and coming in today. We had a lot of good numbers uh, hitting that today. So um, again, thank you, Steve. I really appreciate it. No problem, and, um, man. We'll talk soon, everybody. Take care. Be safe. Wear a mask. Do what's right. 
and we'll get back to uh, this uh, this whole normal thing that we were used to back in the day. <laughs> Take care. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.